breastfeeding and the COVID vaccine, early first food advice, and why I hate the term self-care. It's all here in the Mass Off Live Galentine's Day edition. I am Dr. Natasha Berger, and in a minute you're going to hear the voice of my gal pal, Dr. Nicole Baldwin. This pod is edited from our live Instagram show we like to call Mass Off Live, a show where two longtime friends who happen to be pediatricians share science and practical parenting advice that you can use today. In this episode, you'll find all sorts of things, both COVID and non-COVID related. Check the show notes to find your chapter links of what you might be interested in. If you want to hear the full unedited version and the after hours part of the show, you'll find that on our IGTV channels and try to join us live next time. We'll be on Instagram again. Just follow us and you'll find out when. Let's go. smell me because I came home from work and jumped on the Peloton real fast and then I haven't had a shower yet so well I'm glad you think so highly to not bathe before our events that's nice I mean when we're live together the two of us I promise I will shower (laughs) but until that point I I'm just I'm keeping it real friends I'm keeping it real I mean how are you I'm doing good. You want to walk up on us and kick it off? Cheers. I oh, do. Cheers. Okay. Yes. For our girl, uh, what's it called again? Galentine? Galentine's. Um, I'll do the walk-up song and then I have to explain to you what I'm drinking. Okay. But we'll do the walk-up song first. just want to have fun? I don't think I did. Sarah, you've never seen it? I don't think so. Oh, girl. I love SJP, though. When I come to um, Kansas City, we are going to watch. It's a day. just want to have fun. It's a day. Sarah Jessica Parker, um, I believe Helen Hunt, I think was, I mean, this was like when they were teenagers. Like, they were in a dance competition. You don't remember this? No, I didn't. I didn't, but I'll mark it down. I'll mark it down and we'll watch it. Mark it down. It's also in the Goonies. Yes, yes, that is super true. That's all. The song is in the Goonies too. Yeah, yeah, because okay, is I'm it? I'm missing out. Yes, because they're on their bikes, right? And the Goonies. I don't remember. That. Yes, because he's on. He the the big brother. The brother is on the. He steals the kid's bike and he's like riding to try to um, get to the girl. Oh gosh, I, t- I, totally, I totally forgot that part. I don't know, I don't remember that. But you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I remember that. Yes, on the I bike. Many times. You could like, we could do a 90s movie trivia, 80s, 90s movie trivia episode one time. I would win. That's a bold claim. Let's do it. Okay, it's on. Okay, all right, good deal. Uh, what are you drinking? Um, so in my champagne glass, I am drinking a beer. <laughs> so if anybody, I know this is backwards. 
my Schaffer Hoffer grapefruit beer because here is why. I fully had plans tonight to stop at the store on my way home and get some bubbly. However, the sky had different plans because we got snow dumped on us and it took me about an extra 30 minutes to get home and it was snowing actively and I was just like, I'm not going to the grocery. I'm going to drink what I have at home. And so I have beer. So I'm drinking a beer. Okay, so to sum up, you haven't showered and you're drinking a beer out of a champagne glass. <laughs> This yes. is how we're celebrating Valentine's Day. Classy. Yes. Cool. Classy. Yes. Um, Classy. Because to be with girls, like, you don't have to get all, like, fancy schmancy. You don't, but I did pop bubbly. This is one of my favorites. Okay. Good and for you. Also, which is also funny because that's also what I drink poolside. And so that is, this is very much bringing the summer vibes. And this is what I drink poolside. <laughs> <laughs> We might as well be at a pool, except I have like nine inches of snow outside on my deck. Oh, I so know. I know, I know. Well, when you come to Kansas City, we'll have Nassau Flood pool party. Except I'm not wearing a bathing suit <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> Let's just say that. Um, can I also, before we get started, I also have to show you my shirt. Okay. Oh, it says, goodness gracious. Pluto, never Pluto! forget. So I just have to say we have the best fans ever because I had forgotten we talked about Pluto at our la on our last live. We talked about how we missed Pluto. Pluto's no longer a planet. We made a comment about needing merch and somebody in my office, one of my patients who's amazing, you know who you are, got me this shirt. team because we were all COVID vaccinated and so I wanted to have you know instead of wearing all t-shirts or something like that some of our nurses have t-shirts but I wanted to get little pins like for, yeah. for my team so yeah um, and they came today and they're very cool so my um this is not gifted this is like actually what I bought off Etsy and they um it's a little mask oh cute okay. yeah super cute they're, not, they're like metal and enamel. They're really nice, but look at this. So they sent a little handwritten note with their package and it says, thank you for shopping with us. As a small business, we really appreciate it. And thank you for helping to promote vaccine awareness. And it's like, it's an Etsy company, but all they do is are these little, they, get, they tossed in a freebie and they have these oh little my gosh. So if you're COVID vaccinated, you can get it. And so, so I just thought that was really cool that they sent that little note. And if anybody's interested, if anyone's gotten the shot and they want a pin as well, this is, they are at pinning, pinning me, P-I-N-N-I-N-G And they're on Instagram as pinning me underscore USA. Pinning um, me. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, and this is not sponsored. No, not sponsored. They're a little like mom and pop shop in Rhode Island. And I just, I, the quality was really good. The shop name is pinning me. Um, P I N N I N G M E, correct? Right, underscore USA. So I thought they were super nice, totally not sponsored, just love it. And I think that a lot of people would be proud to wear these. So, but I that is super cool. Um, what we got tonight, friend? 
<gasps> oh, I need to ask you another question. Yeah. Can I bring it up? What? Are you more? Oh, you mean about Sunday? Yes. You know, but let me tell you something. That guy played his heart out. I tell you what, Patty Holmes, he's got our hearts. He played his heart out. He was throwing balls from the horizontal position and hitting people in the chest. It's our own fault that we didn't win. They were a better team. I still hate Tom Brady's guts, but <laughs> I'm, so I'm not happy that they won, but, but we, we did not play well. We did not play well, and that's the game that mattered. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's you about you that. still love your Chiefs, and that's I good. I still love my Chiefs, and um, it was really fun to watch them play, and it was the nice energy to have for the city. Uh, we all had a collective groan, I think, after that, but it is what it right. is. We, we, were not the, we were not the best players on Sunday, and that's okay. We'll be back. We'll be back. That's right. Good deal. Sorry. Had to bring it up. Um, I used to bring it up. Let me keep drinking. Um, <laughs> what else? Uh, anything, anything else like for your, um, anything on this, anything else, anything else going on with you that I'm not, I, I'm not going to talk about your Peloton. <gasps> We're not talking about I was going to talk about my Peloton. You okay. You've got, you've got 30 seconds. You've got 62 seconds. Get it off your chest and get it, get it done. All Friends, right. let me tell you, six days ago, I got my Christmas present it is a Peloton bike. Now, I resisted the Peloton bike. All Anybody of my friends that might come on this show, thing and they're like, Nicole, get a Peloton, get a Peloton, get a Peloton. And I was just like, those things are so freaking expensive. I am not paying that much money. And I hate cycling. I hate it. Friends, tomorrow I will do my 10th ride on my Peloton. I have ridden it every single day for a week. I mean, it's only a week. Get the Peloton. Okay, time up. That's it. Okay, that's it's over. And I'm just gonna say, if you keep feeding your Twitter feed full of your Peloton workouts, I'm unfollowing you. Okay, girl, I put on like two. I have no, not put two, it on. Two, there. Too many. That's too too many. Zip, zip it. You're the one in a Peloton shirt in one of our Mass Off Live reels, so I don't want to hear it. How? Uh, that's. I don't own any Peloton merch. I just have the bike. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any any shirts. I'm still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a. You're not getting a bike though, right? In the trip. Yeah. Because of my acute vertigo that I got from SoulCycle. Yeah. Did I ever tell you that story? You no, but you you texted me about it, and I was like, "Holy crap!" That is that was legit. I really thought I was having a stroke. I was in New I was in New York City. I was so excited to get a spot in SoulCycle. I wanted the candles, the ambiance. I wanted to follow with the, my instructor. I wanted the whole thing. I Did had you never spun in my life before. I was just going in guns blazing, right? <laughs> so I go in, I have this majestic experience. I, the heavens opened. I mean, it was this amazing experience. And like two hours later, I'm like, man, I kind of feel kind of weird. So I'm walking around New York City and I'm with one of my buddies. And she's like, well, let's sit down and have lunch. And every time I sat down, I started feeling nauseated. And I'm like, well, this is just kind of weird. Maybe I just work out too hard, you know? So it got increasingly worse and worse and worse and worse over that day to the point now I realize that you have to have, if you have something wrong with your vestibular system, then here's your little tip of the day. You got to keep your eyes open and you got to keep moving forward so that your body will get, will not like start to go haywire. 
because I would sit down and close my eyes, the room would start spinning, I'd feel like I'd have to throw up, so I'd stand up, I'd go to the bathroom, and by the time I was in the bathroom, I felt fine. So this <laughs> went on for about 36 hours, until the next day I actually fell asleep and woke up and couldn't walk. I like fell to the oh. ground, I thought I was having a stroke. Oh my but God. I me to the doctor, it's the only time in my adult life, outside of having strep as a college student, that I have ever been to like the doctor sick. And it took like almost six weeks of vestibular therapy to feel normal again. So no, oh my gosh. Okay. So I will, try it. I will try it and then I'll be a life one with you and we'll be fine. Okay. And like, we could do like boot camps and yoga and all that. Yeah. Other stuff. Oh yeah. Ross, Ross Weber is my man. I love him. Okay. Well, and someone said Cody Rigsby. I did um, Cody's 20 minute. What did I do tonight? It was like a pop ride or a groove ride or something tonight. Absolutely love Cody. He's amazing. Does he do, does he do tread stuff too? I don't know. Okay. But he does dance classes that are hilarious. At least they were during the um, pandemic. I don't know if they're still on the app. Okay. I mean, I guess we're still in the pandemic technically. I feel like I, I like to pretend we're not, but yeah, we are. We are. On that note, what are we talking about tonight? Oh, I also want to know, uh, we're going off the rails tonight. It's Valentine's Day. Um, tell me why you're hating on self-care, friend. Why do you hate oh that my word? God. Okay, let me tell you about self-care. I hate the word self-care. I hate the, I hate how the word is used. And I'll tell you why. Okay. I, I'm sure I'll get lots of hate mail from this. I get it. Okay. The reason I don't like self-care and, and hashtag self-care on the gram and stuff is because self-care is confused by the general masses as self-indulgence. What you're oh, describing yes. when you are hashtag spotting self-care, that is self-indulgence. It's not self-care. And I think it, it creates a level of shame and a level of humble brag and general BS that I don't like about that self-care culture, just like I don't like the BS with the language of the diet culture, right? Like, mm -hmm. I, have this, I'm, I have such a healthy relationship with this brownie that I can eat this brownie. <laughs> like, it's just like so stupid, right? So, so to me, self-care, true self-care is not a thing. Like, it's not, it's not a treat yourself. It's not a, it's not a spa day or champagne or chocolate. It is, it is an internal deliberate choice for like homeostasis like it is it is saying no or saying yes or getting rid of toxic people or yes. whatever like yes I don't even think it's like working out or doing like doing like like eating right like that's wellness to me like true okay. self-care is nothing that I could post on Instagram and so okay. I don't so I hate it when people are like hashtag self-care with these self-indulgent posts Okay, I gotcha. Because well, I was kind of like, damn, did I piss her off? I was like, what the hell? I mean, I hate that word self. So, what? How so, would you? What do you think self care is? Hashtag so to me, hashtag self care. To me, self care is what I do to kind of like lift my self, or kind of like how you said homeostasis, like keep myself 
afloat. And so like for me, what I consider my own self-care, I consider every morning when I get up and I read my Bible is my self-care. I consider my meditation for 10 minutes every single day is my self-care. I can, I consider when I feel stressed and I need to go pop in the bathtub and sit there for 20 minutes, that is my self-care. And so like, to me, it's like, what am I doing to kind of just be me and, you know, kind of live that full life so, so I'm not internal measures. You're describing internal. Right. I'm not talking about like going and getting a massage. Um, and I think, but I think like, a lot of people do like, I right. that's where I get the disconnect from a lot of the influencers and a lot of these, a lot of the bloggers that talk about self-care is it has nothing. True self-care is how you are preparing yourself to help others. Right. Like what, what, are, what are you doing in your life to make you so centered and well that you can connect with your children, connect with your spouse, connect with your community, offer something of service, offer something of value to somebody else. It's not about enjoying champagne, right? That's me. Or champagne. And I don't, or champagne. I don't think that self-indulgence is a bad thing. Cause I, right. trust me, this lady, self-indulgence by you choice. Like yes. By choice, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I wouldn't just, I wouldn't describe like me gathering my girl, you know, 2019 gathering my girlfriends and going to the spa I would describe it as self-care. But so, it does, it does help you to recharge and be able to be with your family more. Right. So I think it's, being, it's me, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Me being with other people is helping me recharge. Okay. Sorry. Not you. Okay. To? It helps me recharge. I'm sorry. Not you, Miss Queen of the introverts. My bad. My apologies. <laughs> Um, anyway, so it's more of a verbiage for you, not actual like self-care in and of itself. Cause it's I think that, I think, it, I think it's how it's, how it's used. Of course yeah. we all need to have self-care. Of right. course we all need to have wellness. Of course we all need to have spiritual balance and work productivity and connection with our peers and peers and family. Like we need all that, but I get super annoyed when it, I won't, I won't use that word around you anymore. So if you get a t-shirt that says hashtag self-care on it, it's not from me. <laughs> when you do a Siri, when you do your 30 days of hashtag self-care. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you making fun of me right now? You're just going to get 30 Peloton rides. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get there. Girl, I have already counted how many I'm going to need to do to get to 200 before my birthday. Like I'm psychotic. I'm completely like obsessed. And I understand no, that. And I totally get that because I know how competitive you are and I could totally see that that would be your jam. Yes, it yeah. is absolutely my jam. Yes. But I have a feeling that I also like jump in with both feet and go like completely nuts. And then I just like, <clears throat> so I'm just waiting for the crash. I'll let you guys know in two weeks. No. <laughs> if I'm still riding my Peloton every day. I forgot. I was. I got this um, coaster out. What's it say? Zips. Oh, you have a coaster from Zips. I have a coaster from Zips. Oh my gosh, that's so fun. Yeah. Zips is a fun restaurant. That's in Mount Lookout, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Kevin and I lived real close to there, so we'd walk down there for their burgers, and they were like half price because that's the only time we could afford them. That's awesome. Should we talk about some business? I guess. Yeah, I know. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. I told Natasha this week, I am so sick of COVID. Is anybody else sick of COVID? 
just give me some hearts right now. Like, we love you guys, and we know the content that you like is COVID content. Damn, I'm sick of talking about COVID. But we can talk about COVID. We can talk about it. No, so let's just knock it out. Let's knock okay. out like, some of the burning COVID questions. Let's give okay. the people what they want, Nicole, just over here, okay? I know. You want to talk about breastfeeding? Because I got a couple of those questions. Uh, yeah, if you're breastfeeding and you want to get the shot, get the shot. Yes. And, I, and there was an interesting question. I would, like, I want to know what your opinion is on this because I thought it was interesting. Is it worth continuing to breastfeed at, like, a 17-month-old? Um, just to pass that antibody. Okay. Like you haven't gotten the shot yet. You might not get the shot for a month or two. Is it worth it to continue breastfeeding? Okay, that's such an interesting question because I've had a couple of parents give, or a couple of moms ask me the exact same thing or change their dates of, like their end dates essentially mm -hmm. to well beyond that in order to get vaccinated. I think, and I, I was actually trying to compose a newsletter on this because I think the science is complicated, but I don't think people understand that when you are nursing, you are giving secretory IgA and not actually creating like the immunity that you get from a vaccine when you nurse. That's different than when the fetus gets mm -hmm. protection from the mom, because that's a different type of antibody. But I am not huge on moms delaying their own personal goals mm -hmm. because they're not understanding that science. Am I right? I mean, what are you telling them? No, I mean, I think, I think you're right. I think while it's, it's a lovely idea, um, mm -hmm. I actually had a conversation with a couple different moms today just about, you know, Babies weren't totally ready to be done, but moms were ready to be done. And I always tell parents, you know, breastfeeding involves two people. And when one of them is ready to be done, then breastfeeding can be done. And if that person, it's, it's easier oftentimes when it's the child because it relieves some of that guilt and that pressure on mom. But as a mom, if you are ready to be done, that's okay. And yeah, I don't know that the immunity that a child is going to get is is worth that extra time if you're done number one if number you're if you're done if you're not if done you're fine done. i don't care breastfeed your kid till kindergarten i that's yeah. fine i don't care yeah. um but if you're not if you're done then be done that's okay that is your self-care friends if you're done with yeah. breastfeeding be a, done and that's a personal decision Yes. I think there's, there's some, there, you know, we hear this mantra, breast is best, which I absolutely hate. Oh, oh, don't get me started on yeah. that, girl. So pathologic. Yeah. And the, and uh, I think, like, yeah. yes, you get secretary IGA, but it's not the same as like, I'm nursing someone and I'm, it's not the same immunity that you get when you stick a needle in your arm. If it was, you wouldn't have to give baby shots if they were breastfeeding you're not getting the benefit that you think you are. And when you're done, I like that. When you're done, you're done. It involves two people. When you're done, you're done. Uh, uh, what about uh, any, any different advice that you're offering your pregnant mothers about getting the vaccine? I mean, same stuff we've been saying. Obviously, number one, talk with your own physician. Weigh your risks and benefits. You know, look at numbers, look at your risk, things like that. Um, but no, I mean, I'm saying the same stuff. Are you telling anyone anything different? 
No, I'm not. I still, <coughs> I still think that the, the risk of COVID as a pregnant individual is greater than the risk of the vaccine, potential risk of the mm -hmm. vaccine. I think Fauci said that there are up to 10,000 healthcare workers who were pregnant who chose to. Yeah, I think I heard that too. Fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and here's the other thing I want to say about that, because there has been some awful uh, posts by anti-vaxxers this week. Oh. Um, because a healthcare provider had a miscarriage um, and it happened to be after she had her vaccine. And here's what I'm gonna tell you guys. And I feel like with our people, I don't have to say this, but whatever. One in four pregnancies end in miscarriage, okay? So guess what? The people may have had a vaccine around the time that they have a miscarriage. That doesn't mean that a vaccine caused their miscarriage. And the fact that anyone would exploit somebody's pain and post all over, all over social media, this person's personal pain of losing a child, like that is just straight up awful. I don't care who you are. That is not okay. It is never okay. Because if you've, and especially if you've never experienced the pain of a miscarriage, I've had multiple miscarriages and I think a lot of people probably have, and that pain is hard enough, but then to see the awful, horrible things people are saying about this person. And they like stole her face. No, it wasn't her face. That's the other, that was a different oh. person. They took a picture of somebody else oh. who was pregnant and put it next to her tweets. Oh, and gosh. so they so they basically victimized two women. Two people. Two people. One who happens to still be pregnant, and the other one who is grieving the loss of her child and also being called awful, horrible names all over social media. And if I mean, if I ever see any of my friends sharing any of that stuff, like it's done. We're like, no, that is not okay. No. So watch. So when you're seeing these things on social media, do, remember there are people on the other end of these things. I mean, people have made horrible memes about me too. And I, you know, whatever, I'm getting over it. Um, this is different. Like you're exploiting somebody's grief for your own gain and it's disgusting. And I will stop now, but obviously I'm pissed off. <laughs> You're here. You're here. Um, so anyways, it's just straight up awful. Okay. Moving on. Jen, I don't know if we're going to have to get this vaccine every year. We don't know yet. We'll have to wait and see. I was actually listening to something from the Infectious Disease Society of America podcast tonight. And they were talking about how this, the COVID, while it's mutating, which is expected, um, it's not like the flu. It's not you know, mutating as quickly as the flu. We don't have all those strains, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, will there be a time when they have to tweak maybe an mRNA vaccine to fit a spike protein better potentially? Um, but it doesn't sound like that's in the, in the works right this second. So I think we're okay for right now. So what we know about the trials right now, Pfizer's 12 to 17 year olds, they've closed that, meaning they have all of the 
the, all of the patients enrolled that they need. Now they have to get the data from them. So it's at least, you know, kind of that two months after the second dose and they have to make sure they get enough cases and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know when that data will come out. And then once that data comes out, will they be able to get the EUA extended to 12? Did Moderna close? No, Moderna, is, Moderna was having trouble enrolling. Okay. Because they just started enrolling. Yeah. Like Pfizer has been enrolling since the fall. So the fact that they started enrolling 12 year olds in like October, September, October, and they just closed recently, it took them quite a bit of time to get all those patients. And Moderna's trying to get 3,000 kids from 12 to 17. So if you're in Cincinnati, go to like Velocity Research, I think is what it's called. They're enrolling kids 12 to 17 in the Moderna trial right now. And then I think, so what'll happen after that is they'll look at starting to, to push down younger. I've heard numbers the age of five. I've heard the age of nine. I don't know. Nobody knows. We'll see. So I think next year for sure our little, our younger kids most likely um, are not, are not going to be vaccinated. Maybe our junior high and high school kids are going to be vaccinated. Maybe. But I don't know what the deal will be with masks because our teachers are starting to get vaccinated. Are your teachers getting vaccinated? Yeah, in Kansas, yeah. Yeah, so in Ohio, that's kind of starting right now. Like a lot of our schools, they're closing a day to get the kids, get the teachers vaccinated, which I think is awesome. I have a lot of parents that are trying to go back to daycare and preschool in March. March seems to be like a big time period where people are going back. So a lot of my families are asking about like what protocols of preschool should be using in order to go back safe. So most, it, everyone's different. I would say from what I know from my parents um, that have kids that are in daycare and that have been the whole pandemic, the teachers are wearing masks. The preschools, a lot of them um, are trying to have the kids wear masks, especially like our four and five-year-olds they are. Class sizes are typically smaller. The parents, most of the daycares, the parents aren't allowed in. Like they kind of drop the kids at the door. I think they're still doing temperature screening, which I don't know how useful that is or not, but it's been okay. You know, I think we haven't had much transmission in daycares. Not that we know of anyway, you know? I think I would agree with you. I think that most of the transmission has been from teacher to kid, although there have, I've had a couple of cases in, in my practice in which kids have gotten adults sick. Yeah. So, so it definitely happens, but not nearly at the rate that I think we all anticipated it to be la last summer. Right. No, absolutely not. Yeah. So I'm really hard pressed to discourage a family from using daycare or preschool. I think that if they're doing the guidelines that you recommended yeah. there, I'd prefer them to be masked. And I right. think a lot of, I like a lot of uh, places are, are, um, are encouraging the kids to wear masks and they're doing it pretty nicely. Keeping the parents out, temperature checks here or there, but mm -hmm. most importantly is vaccinating their staff, vaccinating the teachers mm -hmm. as they mm -hmm. can. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that'll help the little kids stay safe too. So and, and preschool, yep. especially if you've got a four-year-old who's thinking about going into uh, kindergarten soon, like you need to go to preschool. And, and yeah. I, I wouldn't, I would be, I would be okay to do that. These kids need socialization. Like, I think we're starting to see the effects of some of these kids that have been home for a year with just their parents. I don't know if you're seeing that in your office, but I feel like I'm seeing that. I feel like I'm seeing more, call it anxiety, I guess, or call it, you know, stranger danger, or whatever you want to call it. But 
you know, a lot more of that because kids just haven't been around other people um, other than their parents. They haven't been out of the house very much. And I think they're kind of need to get that. And I'm more comfortable with kids going to a daycare with the same cohort oh, of students versus going to like a mommy and me or a book hour where you're with random people that you don't know. So um, I think that that is, you know, when you can keep the same group of kids together and at least in a small group, a small number, I, I like that better. And, and, and of course, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be different if you have some high risk people at home, I think. But right. uh, I'll, I think uh, I've been pleasantly surprised. The kids are getting benefit. And, and I don't think whether it's a preschooler or an elementary age kid, or even some of my high schoolers, like I know it's been rough and there's, there's been some stuff. I'm not gonna, not gonna shy away from that, but kids are resilient. Kids are gonna be okay. And they're gonna pop back into those daycares and those preschools and elementary schools when everybody's ready and they are gonna be kids and, it's, mm -hmm. and they're gonna be okay. So mm -hmm. even if you choose to keep them out, they're gonna be okay. The big, especially for like younger kids, like the biggest social interaction they have is with you anyway. Like don't just don't, you can, I think moms have to give, moms and dads have to give themselves more credit for how much socialization and interaction and teaching they're doing just by living their life around their young kids. Yeah. Um, uh, what, what, what else do you want to talk Do you want to talk about baby food? The baby food? Do I want to talk about baby food? <laughs> We can talk about baby food. I don't care. What do you, what do you want to say about baby food, Nicole? Um, I just want to say that news outlets get tired of the same story all the time. And so sometimes they have to find a new clickbait headline to share. Am I right? I think you're right. So the deal is, if y'all didn't see this, there was a headline, I don't even know, a story about heavy metals in baby food. And this, what I mean, it almost made it sound like an expose that like the FDA isn't regulating the baby food and blah, 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 which I don't know. That'll come out with whatever it comes out with. But here's the reality. There are metals in our Earth's crust. Food that is grown from our Earth is going to have metal in it. It just is. I mean, it just, it's like, it's there. There are metals that get into our water supply from pollution and things like that. And so I think what you need to do, number one, is make sure you're giving your kids a variety of different foods. I don't want this, what I don't want to happen is for parents to freak and toss out every jar of baby food that they bought and get all of this stress feeling like, oh, now I have to make all my own baby food and blah, 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 blah. Like, you don't. Um, you know, I do think the more you can give your kids the things that you're eating, you know, that are healthy foods that you've washed, you know, whatever, great, do that. Yes, mash up a banana rather than giving them, you know, banana from a jar. Mash up an avocado, mash, whatever, but don't stress yourself out about that. Um, I would say don't give them rice cereal if you can help it. That's my one. But we've been saying that for years. Right, I know, I know, I'm just saying. That's not new, that is not the headline. Like, we've no. been saying that for years. No, I know, but that is what people are, like, going coming to, so. 
What are you telling your parents? Feed the baby. Yes. Feed the baby. And you do not have to avoid root vegetables. No, we exactly. There's it's not there's nothing magical about baby food or baby food processing. It's in the food. Like that's because we live in a society and because there's stuff in the soil, like that's right. the way that it is. Right. Uh, there are some foods that absorb more than others, but if you have a nice variety of foods, you're never going to get to the levels of exposure that we're going to see. For example, in other parts of the developing world in which this really is a problem, because mm -hmm. they only have like two or three food sources and food supplies. And yes, that's a problem because that's neurotoxic to a lot of children. They're not buying jars of Gerber baby food. Like right. this is a different, we're comparing apples and oranges to very different problems. Right. So feed the baby, feed as much as you can, eat what you eat, high allergen foods for sure, right off the bat. Like the only thing we don't offer is honey. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say, your baby is better off eating 10 jars of baby food a day than they are a happy meal. 100%. So feed them food. It's okay, yeah. friends. Feed them food. And what are you telling your families about baby lid weaning, Nicole? That's like that's a that's a that's a hot topic, a non-COVID topic in our office. It is a non-COVID topic. I mean, but baby lid weaning has been a, talked about forever. I feel like, right? It was not a thing when my kids were little. Similar to the dream feed that we discussed the last time. <laughs> Is baby lid weaning a social phenomenon? Potentially, because when I had kids, we just called it, give your freaking kids some food. Give them table food. <laughs> we didn't have a name for it. We're like, here's your spaghetti. Here's your banana. Here, you know, um, I think, I think I don't like any form of feeding or anything like that that's extreme. So when I have parents that are very much like, we're only doing baby lid weaning, we're not doing any purees, we're not feeding our baby off of a spoon at all. Like, your kid's got to learn how to eat off the spoon. They're going to need to learn how to deal with the puree texture. Um, so I feel like a balance of allowing your child to have some purees off of a spoon while following their cues. I think that's a big part of baby lead weaning is that you're trying to, you're following the cues of the baby, kind of letting them guide what they want to eat versus like this, here's the plane, forcing the food in their mouth. Um, Cause you don't want to do that. And then also offering them those, those safe table foods, you know, now I guess what it's supposed to be like a finger finger. I don't even, I don't know. They have special like cutter things. Do you know this? Yeah. To, to cut the food, use a butter knife. Yeah. I don't, Just you don't need a cutter. Cut the food. Um, I want the, the babies to eat as much food of real food that you make as much as you can with everything that you eat and they're going to be okay. And I do also think that the opposite is a thing because I have some families that want to do the spoon and those pouches and then the kids, I hate the pouches. I hate pouches. Right. So then they never touch the food. Yeah. And have a tactile problem with it. Yeah. So like, it has to be blended both. It can't, you can't have it. You can't, because like one way is not better than the other. And this is not a competition. And this is really, it's not a choice. It's not a choice of like, which methodology. You need both. You need to yeah. the food. You need to learn the spoon. You need to learn the cup. You need to continue nursing or using the bottle. Like, you need it all. And that yeah. helps. 
with muscle and job development. It helps with tactile appreciation with food and helps healthy food relationships. And you don't. Yeah. Because you know what? Can I just say something about the freaking pouches? Do we tell people to put baby food in bottles? No, no. we don't. That's a glorified freaking bottle. You're giving your kid the pouch and they're sucking it out of there. Like, if you want to buy a pouch because it's got pumpkin and quinoa and pomegranate in it and you think that's super cool, fine. Squeeze it into a bowl and feed it to them with a spoon or give them a spoon and let them go at it. Like, the sucking out of the pouches, oh, it makes me just go crazy. Well, and I think it defeats the purpose, right? It focuses on the food instead of the actual, like, developmental experience right. of the food. Like, we right. produce solids as a developmental experience. Mm -hmm. There's nothing more annoying, too, than me going to volleyball tournaments and seeing 14-year-old girls suck on pouches. Like, this is not, this is, this is not an easy way to get nutritious food. Those are still, still shot. Right. Stocked right. With sugar. They're stocked with other junk and kids should be eating real food. Yes. From babies all the way to big kids. Right. So now I will say, cause I don't want to shame any moms who, you know, if you're in a rush and you are going to a volleyball tournament for your older child and you're trying to do something that's not going to make a mess, a baby pouch every once in a while is okay. I'm, I'm going to, Everyone, every once in a while. No, 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 no. A baby. I'm saying like, oh, a baby. Big, yeah, a baby. I'm saying like, I'm saying like big yeah. brothers at the volleyball tournament. Yeah. You got the 18 month old with you. They're crying and throwing a hissy. Here's your, here's your thing. I got it. I got it. I got it. No, I totally get it. Pouches to me are like baby fast food, right? You got to grab something to go. They're great to take to daycare. They're yep. super easy to like grab and go and went out. But that is maybe fast food. But when we are talking about truly learning how to eat and having an appreciation for food and having a healthy relationship for, with food, because they suck down those pouches reflexively. They're not yes. choosing to eat it. Yeah. Different. That's why babies with bottles for a really, really long time, and that that I mean talking 18 months to two, they're reflexively taking that nutrition. They're not mm -hmm. choosing to take it. Mm -hmm. And that is not, they're not responding to their metabolic cues. That's the yes. problem. Yeah. And yeah. so we want them to be able to have a choice mm -hmm. and to be able to choose to eat because mm -hmm. they're individuals. They should yeah. be able to, to, to choose what they would like to eat. And I think yeah. that's important. Yeah. Okay. I do want to say, we are ranting a little, and I want to acknowledge Kelsey who said, we're just doing our best and hun, we, yes, you are. And I, and I, again, I don't want to, I, I'm not trying to shame anyone. I think we're just, <laughs> we're so over COVID. We're like, let's rant about baby food. You're right. Everybody is doing their best. Everyone is trying their hardest. We all know you love your kids dearly. So we are here kind of just to give you our advice as pediatricians and as moms who have raised kids and I'm going to tell you pouches didn't exist when my babies were little. So, right. and they, they survived and they also ate jarred baby food. And if we're going back to breast is best, they drank formula. So yeah. <laughs> there we go. I'm outed. I know. They, looking back, they had breast milk, they had formula, they had purees, they had, we did baby lead. We didn't even know what we were doing, but we did baby lead. We, you know, yes. and, that, and there's, there's so much pressure. Like Kelsey said, there's a lot. And it's, I'm telling you, it's get off the mommy blogs and get off social media if you can, because 
There is so much pressure for you guys as moms to like, do it this way, do it that way. Do I mean, it, oh, I feel so bad for parents right now. It's so hard. Getting toddlers to talk more. I thought this was a good, I thought this was a good question. So if you have a toddler and they have older siblings, they don't talk as fast. So how do you encourage them to talk? So number one, ditch the pacifier if they're walking around with a pacifier in their mouth all day long, because that doesn't help. Two, if they are pointing and grunting at something, if they're uh, 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 try, so what you want to do is try to encourage them to say whatever the word is. And you want to kind of get on their level, you know, and ask them, do you want your milk? Can you say milk? And kind of, that's what I always have parents do, kind of show them the, the consonants, show them how to talk, encourage them rather than just like, they're like, uh, 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 and then you give them their cup and walk away. You kind of have to encourage that speech. And when they, when they actually enunciate something, whether it's like, you know, they kind of get a whatever out, a sound, praise the heck out of them. Those are what I usually say. And then, you know, obviously read to them, the more you talk to them, the more they learn. What do you tell them? What do you say? All of, all of that in about. I encourage, we, we are, I think as parents, we get hasty to put words into their mouth, right? So mm -hmm. it's like, if they're pointing at something, you're like, uh, 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 mm -hmm. it might bring the milk down. Say, what do you want? Do you want the milk? You know, give them a, give them a second, say it, you know, we, we do things <laughs> so reflexively, you know, driving time or quiet playtime just with that toddler, because then they, they don't have that crutch of that older sibling who mm -hmm. might be there to, to talk for them yeah. or, or to talk over them found that my second would talk a ton more if my oldest was around and i always tell parents too like when they're in the car that they may feel like an idiot but to talk in the car like yes, do you see the, the truck do you see the blue truck what does the truck say room room you know like you feel like a goofball but just the more you talk to them the more language they hear that is what helps encourage them to to speak so and that's hard for introverts like me, right? Who are usually, who are naturally quiet. Like I had to be very intentional about mom's putting on her shoes and I'm tying my shoes and I'm putting on a red shirt. And like, I had to mentally, like it was exhausting. I was going like, to say, you were exhausting. So exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't we're, talk we're this much. We're quiet people. Like we don't talk. And that's the same with like the clapping and the waving. Yeah. Like, when I ask people, like, do you, are, are, does your child clap or wave? Well, do you clap or wave? Because yeah. a lot of people don't clap or wave. And if they don't see people clap or wave, they're not going to yeah. do it. We have to remember that we have to initiate some of those, those milestones. Yeah. I find <laughs> that kids right now, are you seeing that delayed a little bit more, the waving? Because kids aren't going anywhere. There's, there's no one to wave to. There's no one to wave to. So in the pandemic, I'm like, Oh, you know, you're 12, 13, 14 months old. You're not waving yet. Let's practice that. Let's practice bye-bye. Nobody goes bye-bye. Mom and dad are working from home and the kids <laughs> are going to daycare. And they're like, I don't know what waving is. What is, what is this thing you're doing with your hands? I have no idea. <laughs> no, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Okay. What else do they have on my list? Did you have anything else on your list? Somebody asked about and I did answer this in my story. Someone asked earlier about it, about the Pfizer vaccine in India. So I guess the story is Pfizer um, applied for EUA in India. And then India wanted 
Pfizer to complete safety and immunogenicity trials in India. And Pfizer tried to, you know, wanted to kind of not have to do that since they've done robust trials in the US and Europe. And I guess Pfizer kind of decided to pull out because India wasn't going to allow them to have an EUA if they didn't do trials in the Indian population. So that doesn't mean Pfizer vaccine is not safe. No, not not a vaccine issue. This was like an agreement issue. I, you know, again, I'm, I'm reading this from the news, so I don't have, you know, I tried to find the most reliable news source I could, but I just want to reassure people, if you see this headline, it's not because the Pfizer vaccine is not safe. It just is the way that the Indian health organization felt they wanted this study in their population. And I guess they didn't feel that there were enough of the Indian population Pfizer, I think, said, we want the government to buy these doses before we will do the trial. And the government was like, no, we want you to do the trial first. And so it was like, we are going to part ways. So that's, that's doesn't mean exciting. doesn't mean Pfizer's not safe, my friends. Yeah, it doesn't mean that. That is exciting. I did, the only other question that I did have to you is, uh, if we know any, any stats about the long-term immunity after the vaccine, after the mRNA vaccine, the most I could find was a new, new England Journal article from January that says three months, but trials are ongoing. We'll continue to learn and learn and learn. I would imagine it's more than that. There was also an article about mice models who've gotten it that were up to six months. But again, it's because the trials are going on and on and we can only right. say how much it has been for the time that has passed. Right, right. So it doesn't mean it's only effective for three months right. or six months. Just it just means that's all the data we have. And it is still good for three months. Like that's, yeah. all that, that's all that we can say. I want your best guess, which your best guess of when teenagers are going to get the shot, elementary school age kids are going to get the shot, and babies and toddlers are going to get the shot. Just spitballing. We don't know anything. I have no knowledge of this. Just so I think... I think teenagers, so I certainly think 16 and over, probably going to get the shot by the summer, probably, yeah. because it's approved, Pfizer. I think that 12 and over might buy school in the fall, might. Younger kids, not until 2022. And I don't even know about babies. You know, I heard Paul Offit was talking the other day on a podcast and he made a comment that he didn't even know if, if babies would ever get it because he didn't know that we would study it down that low because babies don't get that sick. And if we're protecting everybody around them, are they going to need it? And I thought that was interesting because I actually have quite a few families with little ones, with toddlers, you know, who are wanting this vaccine for them. They're asking like, when are when am I going to be able to protect my child? Because they really want to protect their child. And I guess at this point, the best thing we can say is then protect yourself. Right. When you are able to get the vaccine, get it for yourself. Because the kids that we're seeing in our office that are getting COVID are mostly getting it from their parents and their siblings. Exactly. They're, they're not, I mean, some of them, some of the older school age kids might be getting it at their sporting events or something like that. But a large proportion of those kids are getting it from family members. So yeah. we need to protect the older family members. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I think I'll, I'm, I, uh, I know that in our community, we're starting to see 16 plusers get it, especially if they have a disability or a chronic illness. Yep, yep. Which is good. I am hopeful 
but not counting on the fact that the general population might get it before school. Although it'd be nice, the, mm-hmm. the 12 plusers would be nice, but mm-hmm. I don't know if, if they will. Mm-hmm. And I agree. I think it'll be well into 2022 before we would do anything on the like, I would envision it being like one of the, one of the four or five year old shots, like the before kindergarten shot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I, can, I can see kids needing it before they go into school. Right, right. Yeah. And I think a lot of this rollout is going to depend on what happens with the two new vaccines that are potentially going to be out by the end of February, beginning of March. Because if we get those out and get those rolled out, then you're going to have more fight potentially, then maybe you'll have more Pfizer or Moderna doses available for those kids because you're going to have these other vaccines that you can vaccinate adults because those vaccines aren't aren't studied in kids yet either so i i don't know and that will definitely be a future mass off live when we get the data from especially the j and j vaccine is going to be the next one coming out yeah um we will absolutely talk about that for sure j and j will be interesting i really think the vaccine will be interesting too i have i have one last very incredibly important question because this has been going around our office how long are you going to wear scrubs to work Ooh, great question. Please say forever. I kind of get, I kind of miss getting dressed in the morning. Really? So are you going back soon? No, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet because we're still seeing like sick kids. Like, yeah. you know, like I'm not ready, but maybe in the summer. That's what I thought maybe because I can I wear my dresses. I think it'll just be more socially acceptable I can dress up when I feel like it, or I can wear scrubs if I feel like it. I think yeah. it'll just be more socially acceptable to do both. I, I was getting a little sad that I had so many shoe boxes that have not been opened in a long time. <laughs> you and your shoes. I, however, am not sad if I've had to do like a talk or something and put heels on and my feet really hurt by the end of the day. And I like my tennis shoes. So I think there will definitely be probably a time when I go back to getting dressed. But one of my friends was like, as long as I'm wearing masks, I'm wearing scrubs. And I was like, that is a good way to put it. But I think, don't you think in the, in the medical home, don't you think we'll be, we are going to be wearing masks a lot more than the general public, don't you think? Yep, I do. I do. And I think, I think we'll probably wear masks a lot more like in the wintertime than we used to. Yeah, I think so too. Because the reality is, how much did we put ourselves in quote unquote danger in flu season? Well, I mean, I don't think I'm putting myself in danger. Well, I don't mean danger. I just mean like we got a lot sicker than we needed to because we didn't wear masks in with sick kids. I agree. I agree. And and now I think we probably will. Yeah. Don't you think? Probably. I I I think so. I think in the winter months for sure. Yeah, yeah. I just wonder if that'll just be the standard of care, just period. Maybe. Yeah. We gotta hit it. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Kind of go from there. Yep. Send us your questions. Okay. Whatever you want to know. Maybe we might even hear something from J and J before then. I don't know. The this the the meeting is scheduled, I think, is it the twenty-sixth, I wanna say, of February. So like if it's like the last time the this stuff came out a couple days before. I mean, yeah. maybe they'll get the data out sooner than that, but. Okay. Well, we'll keep an eye on it. We'll okay. see. Cool. Bye, Nicole. See you later. Yeah. 
Hi friends, it's Dr. Baldwin. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with a friend and don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on any Mass Off Live content. Check out the show notes for links as well as where to find Dr. Natasha and me on social media. We'll be back on Instagram Live on Wednesday, February 24th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central. So we hope to see you then. Have a great day.